tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and today I want to talk about how long it takes to fully recover. I'm celebrating three years of sobriety on November 9th, and each year I record an episode about the past year of sobriety and how that went. What stood out to me the most this year is that I'm getting tired of sharing my story, and I feel a bit weird about being really personal. Lately, I've been asked to share my story a lot on other podcasts, and I think sharing our stories is important because it helps newbies or people who are struggling to accept that they need to get sober, and they might see themselves in your story and realize that they're not alone. However, I've shared my story a bazillion times, and bringing up old painful memories 
just feels exhausting to me right now. At first, I felt really guilty, probably because guilt is my natural state, but then I realized that it's okay to want to move on. I want to focus on what happens after sobriety, not before. So instead of getting super personal in this one, I want to discuss how long it actually takes for us to heal and recover. You may find yourself obsessing about sobriety or feeling frustrated that it's taking you so long to feel better, but it's a long journey. You don't just quit drinking and go back to normal right away. So in this episode, you'll learn how long it takes for the brain to recover and what you can do to take care of yourself while you're healing. So let's dig in. started to appreciate this year is that recovery takes a long time. You're going to think that you're killing it at certain milestones, which for me were three months, 11 months, and then anything after 18 months. I get asked a lot, when does it get easy? And I hesitate to say the truth, but really after two years is when it becomes more normal. For the first two years, you're recovering and healing and working on your sobriety. You're getting used to socializing. You're getting used to not drinking. You're learning what your triggers are. There's a lot of work that you're doing. And then after around two years, not drinking starts to become more normal. And it takes so long because there's a lot of work for us to do. I drank for seven years. So I did seven years of damage, but before the drinking, I was doing other self-destructive things and had no tools or coping skills. It's not just the years of drinking that we have to repair, it's all the years that we didn't learn how to cope in productive ways too. So think of how many years that is for you. The least we can do is devote two years to healing. Everyone will be different, of course, and your healing will depend on how far down the spectrum you got and how long you blew up your life with alcohol. I think this healing that I'm talking about manifests itself as sobriety obsession, and that can feel so frustrating. You obsess over alcohol for so many years only to quit and obsess about sobriety instead. So if you have sobriety obsession, you are not alone and it does get better. But we have to remember that alcohol damages basically every area of the brain. I think we get this, but we don't fully appreciate what that means. We get impatient in sobriety and expect things to be better immediately. But alcohol damaged basically every area of your brain. All that damage isn't going to instantly correct itself. Plus, all that damage is going to show up as bad sleep, trouble regulating emotions, impulsivity, mood swings, difficulty remembering things or having brain fog, and having trouble thinking things through and making good decisions. And unfortunately, all of these problems make it easier to turn to alcohol to cope. So just because you had your last drink, it doesn't mean alcohol is done messing with you. A 2019 study from Spain looked at 90 people who were hospitalized for their alcohol use disorder and found that alcohol-related damage to white matter in the brain persisted for six weeks after the participants had stopped drinking. And a 2020 study published in Addictive Behaviors found that in very early sobriety, patients showed a slowdown in processing speed, they had memory problems, 
and they had executive functioning problems. Follow-up exams on these patients found that cognitive performance significantly improved during the first few weeks of sobriety. So it seems like there's a lag period when you first get sober where things may get a bit worse and then the improvements start happening. But just because the improvements start happening doesn't mean they happen instantly all at the same time. A 2020 study published in the American Journal of Psychiatry looked at people diagnosed with alcohol use disorder and took scans of their brains one day to two weeks after their last drink. The researchers saw that the closer to the last drink that the participant was, the greater the disruption in the activity between the ventromedial prefrontal cortex, which helps us regulate our emotions, and the striatum, which helps us act, make decisions, get motivated, and controls how valuable we think a reward is. And the more severe the disruption to this brain network was, the more likely it was for the person to go back to drinking. So all this damage adds up and it makes it really hard to get that first few weeks of sobriety in. But once you get your first few weeks in, you start to build momentum and you start healing. And it's not all bad news. You just have to be patient. A meta-analysis looked at 12 different cognitive functions and found that after one year, people with alcohol use disorder only had minor differences compared to the control group of people who didn't have a problem with alcohol. It's really important to understand and really recognize that this meta-analysis, which is an analysis of several different studies, found that it takes about a year for cognitive functioning to be almost recovered. So you have to be patient with yourself, give yourself a break, and remind yourself that healing takes time. Sleep takes time to improve and heal too. Studies have found that by one month of sobriety, sleep has improved a lot, but it's still not as good as healthy controls. Sober people may still struggle with falling asleep, waking up often, and then having trouble getting back to sleep. Our perception of how well we sleep also suffers longer in sobriety. Compared to healthy controls, perception of sleep quality remains lower for up to a year of sobriety. So even if you did have good sleep, you don't think your sleep was as good as it actually was. Studies have also found that there's a significant improvement in insomnia symptoms during the first six months. So that's good news. So if you're having trouble sleeping, just hang on, do what you can to get to sleep, whether that's melatonin, trying CBD if you're comfortable with that, doing meditation, and know that your sleep will continue to improve. Generally, difficulties falling asleep start to resolve within five to nine months of sobriety, but sleep fragmentation or waking up a lot can last for up to 21 months. And by two years of sobriety, sleep has basically returned to normal. So two years for sleep to fully recover. And if you want to learn more details about how alcohol affects our sleep and how sleep recovers over the first two years, go check out episode 75. I know how frustrating that can sound when I keep saying one year or two years, but a main part of sobriety, according to all the experts that I've talked to, like Dr. Lemke from Dopamine Nation, is tempering expectations. We're used to instant gratification and getting everything we want and controlling our mood as soon as we want it. If we expect things to be amazing and perfect and then they still suck, 
will get discouraged, feel why bother, and then go back to drinking and continue to feel horrible. So if instead you can keep reminding yourself that healing takes time, you'll be able to tough it out when you feel like trash emotionally or physically because you know you're on the right path and you have faith that you will feel better and you're doing the right thing for yourself. So even though I knew this information years ago, I didn't fully appreciate it until recently. I didn't feel like I was still healing for two years, but looking back, I absolutely was. So you can be healing and not even like really feel it. It's not like the first two years is gonna be really hard. I'm not trying to imply that things suck for two years and then they start to get better. There's just this background healing going on. So like I said in the beginning of this episode, a major frustration that many of us have is sobriety obsession. We're just sick of the obsession in general and we wanna feel normal. If you have sobriety obsession, just go with it for right now. Harness that creative energy and excitement into something positive, and it will eventually even out, I promise you. Now at three years sober, I feel like I'm finally moving on. I'm finding balance in my life and other interests besides sobriety. I started writing about business and podcasting tips, and I'm pursuing more than just work in the sober community. But it's critical that you do the emotional work. And the more work you do, the faster that you can get to this moving on point. We can't move on if we're still reactive, impulsive, triggered all the time, and we can't control our emotions. Of course, I recommend doing this work with a therapist, but it's also helpful to get support from other people who get it. So this could be in meetings or working with a sponsor or being a part of some type of community. We need to understand why we drink, what our triggers are, how to manage feeling triggered without drinking or blowing up, and how to self-soothe. I see so many newly sober people out looking for content that upsets them. They don't realize that's what they're doing, but somehow they always come across content promoting drinking. I never see this type of content unless upset sober people send it to me. You can block alcohol ads and you can stop getting involved in pro-alcohol content. We can't change the world overnight. All we can do is work on ourselves and help as many people as we can and show them the way to feeling better and being free. Getting upset and fired up over this type of content just keeps you unhappy. And part of the journey is understanding how to protect your mental health. If you keep coming across pro-alcohol content that's upsetting you, the more you look at it, the more you send it to people, or if you comment on it, that tells the algorithm that you want to see that kind of content, and then it's going to continue to be sent to you. If instead you can ignore it and move past it really quick, the algorithm will eventually get the point that you don't wanna see that, and it'll stop being sent your way. And if you don't know how to block alcohol ads, I have a highlight on my Instagram page with screenshots walking you through how to do that, because you don't have to see alcohol ads on social media or on YouTube. And if you do wanna get a bit personal, then I recorded three episodes about each year of sobriety, what changes I noticed, and what challenges I faced for my members. If you're looking for support, community, and meetings, then check out my membership. The link to see all the cool stuff that's included is in the show notes. And just remember, you're not alone. Keep working on your recovery and give yourself a break when it feels overwhelming or like everything sucks and it's a waste of time. And there's no reason that you have to do this alone. Just 
just get some support. It only helps. Things can't be perfect overnight. And as long as you're working at it and you're willing to get some support and try something new, you'll get there. So keep reminding yourself, whatever you do, just don't drink. And I will talk to you next week. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.